midfielder. Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Hello and welcome to, uh, what is this one called? Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is Logan Stuff. What's up? I think this one's uh, uh, To Infinity and Beyond podcast or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And uh, with me to talk all things Hawkeye is Matt Harcrow. <laughs> oh, okay. We're That's doing factual. Gotta... <laughs> <laughs> I got to see the first two episodes. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not that special. But... Um, yeah, we're talking some Premier League. Wait, you've seen the first out. two episodes? No, I was joking. Yeah. Oh, I was like, dang, sorry. Some of the press have seen it, you know, so that's the what I aspire to be at some point. Is to get, the, uh, <laughs> get the early episodes. But we're going to be talking a lot of Ole Gunnar, Gunnar Solskjaer out at Manchester United. We're going to be talking... Um. Who else are we talking? Steven Gerrard, right? With his first uh, match in charge. Um, Dean Smith, first Dean match Smith. in charge with a new team. Eddie Howe did not because he got COVID. Yes. Yeah, he was not able to coach. Uh, then we had Pulisic coming back from uh, the international break and from injury and uh, scoring a goal for Chelsea. Big news there. But uh, yeah, so we got we got some stuff to cover in this uh, in this weekend that was uh, you know game started back up on Saturday because of the international break, which had lots of high scoring games. We had Chelsea early in the morning over here anyway, beating Leicester City three nil. And actually, like, just dominating that game at King Power Stadium, which was, I thought, pretty impressive. Um, Rudiger scoring in the 14th, Conte in the 28th, and, like I said, Pulisic in the 71st uh, to give Chelsea a 3-0 victory. When we look at stats for this game, 62% possession to 38. Chelsea lead that. Expected goals, 2.11 to 0.43 for Leicester. Total shots, 16 to Chelsea, 4 to Leicester. They just weren't uh, – they just – Leicester just wasn't good. And they've kind of been in this um, – I don't know what you would call it, like a like a drop-off this season so far after winning the FA Cup. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do you think uh, it is, Logan, here that is uh, slowing Leicester down this season? 
I mean, I think it's a number of things. Um, I think it's Wesley Fafana that's been hurt, um, and that's been a big key, is that their defense hasn't been very good. Uh, the defense has really struggled. 21 goals given up. Um, so that places them right up against the, the bottom of the league with Norwich and Newcastle, only two teams that have conceded more. So, again, I think it's defensively. I think that there's just not an idea defensively. And, and when you've got uh, Leicester, I think that with the attack-minded players that they have, like a James Madison, like a Vardy, um, I think there's times that they get out on their front feet and they, you know, once they're in the attack mode, it's hard to get back and play defensively. So once that midfield becomes exposed, I think that that's mainly the issue. I think that they've got a center uh, mid that, you know, they don't have a defensive mid that really holds well. Um, and I think that with Brendan Rodgers being thrown out there as possible replacements for all these clubs that are currently going through these changes, I think that that's also a distraction. Um, the fact that they've never been a team that can go out and spend to just kind of band-aid things together and weren't able to spend much at the deadline um, while having a shifting, I guess, organizational view um, in the future of the organization, I think is very bleak uh, because I do think that there's going to be some major changes. I think Madison might be end up, you know, he's gone and Vardy can't play a full season anymore. So I think there's a lot of contributing factors, but the defense is the one that I see the most as far as Leicester's problems. Wow, a bleak future for Leicester. Uh, <laughs> Matt, do you see the same? I mean, I don't know. I think this year, yeah, probably is a little bleaker, but I, I think at some point they'll they'll rebound. I don't I don't see them going like drop dropping like two tiers or anything. Maybe not two tiers, but they could drop about a tier. So um, I think Logan's pretty correct on it. Injuries. Uh, they also, they were missing Tielemans uh, on Saturday. And I know he plays a huge role midfield wise. And he's already kind of said, I'm, I'm piecing out um, from everything I've read. He's ready to kind of take the next step up. And he sounds like he wants to go to like the, the tweeter or something I saw said he wants to go to Chelsea, City, Liverpool, or United. And I was like, okay, well, you want to go to one? <laughs> That's where everybody in the Premier League always seems to want to go. So, you know, you're, you're going to see them. It's almost like it's a uh, transitional phase they're probably going to be in here. You know, Rodgers is probably going to end up gone. Maybe he'll go to United. Maybe he just gets fired if they continue to struggle. But if anything, you're seeing, you know, Vardy is getting older. I know he's playing well, but he's going to end up getting phased out eventually. Johnny Evans is also on the older side. You know, they're a team that is they're just not reaching the potential. They're younger players that they probably expected them to hit this year. And it's just it, it, it does feel like a transition year. And it might be it might be a few years because they're going to have to sell a few guys and you know, they might end up being mid-table for a bit, but if they either stick with Rodgers or, you know, if they find somebody who could maybe develop the players. Rodgers has never been great at developing players. That was an issue he had at Liverpool. Um, he would he kind of was not great with the younger players. I know there's always the, the video of him and Raheem Sterling uh, from their little TV show thing that they did. He's not the greatest at it, so it it's probably a little bit on him to get a little – better maybe at the, the development portion but you know at, at, at the end I, I do think this this season and maybe even next season could be slightly a wash and we'll see how they kind of come out of it they just need to continue purchasing how they purchase and then it's all about a little bit more about the coaching those players up to the level of the guys they end up selling because unfortunately they are a selling team you know if players want to go somewhere higher up 
Lester will generally sell if you give them the right price. And you've seen that with pretty much everybody but Barty at this point. Because um, you're probably going to see it with Tielemans and Madison and maybe even Harvey Barnes. If somebody comes in with enough money, they'll, they'll probably sell them. And that's just kind of the unfortunate part of how they're run. Here is that moment, by the way. Today, an ill-considered rebuttal from 17-year-old Raheem Sterling prompts a stern warning. It's for the young players. I need you to pay attention, okay? Your attitude you need to improve in your work, okay? You need to improve your attitude. You say steady to me again when I say something to you, you'll be on the first playing back. You know what you said, I know what you said. Right? You'll be on the first playing back. But we've got to work in. Superb. Well done. Guys. There you go. I remember that. <laughs> I watched that show live as it was airing, and I was like, whoa. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't see him staying there much longer. I just think it's almost at the point, you know, like after. You'd like to say after you win a FA Cup, you probably get some more time. But, I mean, uh, you know, Ranieri uh, left not long after winning uh, the 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 league, right? So, like, um, it, it's one of those things that, uh, unfortunately, I think European football just not very patient with things. And maybe it's just time to change. Um, He's reached his peak. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, uh, so and also I just don't think maybe the signings have really hit all that well. I mean, Daka has scored one goal in four matches, uh, five for Leicester City totally, I guess. But I think some of those are from not. He scored four in one Europa game. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, he hasn't really come on strong in the league. Um, also has only played four games out of how many have we played now? 12. So I don't know what's going on there, but everybody was saying he was going to be, you know, huge that he was coming from. Did he come from one of the Leipzig's or Salzburg or somebody? Salzburg. I think. Salzburg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Aston Villa. Oh, I guess we can talk about the Chelsea side too. Chelsea win the game three uh, nil. They've just, you know, they're top of the league. 30 goals scored to four um, given up. You know, 30 goals, I think, is a pretty big achievement for Chelsea so far this season after their strikers are, are not – even, like, their front players are not really scoring that much. It's been a lot of, like, other players putting the ball in the back of the net. So uh, pretty huge that they're able to put 30 in, you know, while Arsenal can have, you know, 13 – that they've put in Manchester United only 20 with all their firepower. So uh, just pretty interesting there, but yeah, Chelsea lead the league with 29 points They're three points up. We had Aston Villa beat Brighton, Hove Albion. This was uh, Gerard's uh, first game in charge of Aston Villa. Um, pretty big win. For them, two nothing. There was a red card as well. Uh, no, those bench or no, sorry, it was a suspended player on 
Brighton that I saw. But Brighton was, you know, playing pretty well to start the season. They're now in ninth place, but pretty big for Aston Villa to get three points here under a new manager. Uh, Ali Watkins scoring, Tyrone Ming scoring. Uh, that's really all, all the action was in the second half. There wasn't even any yellow cards or anything in the first half. So every, everything in second half here. But uh, Matt, let's start with you then. This is, you know, one of Liverpool's club's legends leaving Rangers to go to Aston Villa um, to really test himself here. I think, you know, Rangers is a good starting spot, but, you know, it's very different going into uh, the Premier League um, and to get the, 2-0 win over a team like Brighton, who's kind of impressed a lot this season. What do you make of this? Because I see a lot of Liverpool fans thinking he's next in line after Klopp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I really don't know what to think about on, the, on that end of it. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that he's going the route that he has, unlike the Lampards and the Artetas who kind of just pop themselves into their their. I guess clubs that they would be generally tied to, I guess. Um, I, I don't even know, even as a Liverpool fan watching it, I don't know what constitutes success in regards to possibly succeeding Klopp because Villa aren't going to be, Villa aren't going to be a top five team. I don't think that will happen. I don't think it, I don't think it depends on what Gerard does. I don't think, it depends on what their signings do. Um, I think what he just needs to show is a some, pretty much a consistent game plan, a team that plays exciting football. They are solid in the back line. They are scoring. Um, and when you watch them, maybe as a fan, you watch them going, I understand how they play. Because I know, like, for me, I, I understand how Liverpool play. I expect to see the same thing every game because Klopp has a game plan and he knows how to follow it and his players follow it. Um, so I think it definitely is a good start. And I, I do think he will have some success, especially this year, because one, I do think they're better talent wise than a good amount of teams ahead of them. You know, I, I do see them in the top 12, maybe top 10 if players stay healthy. Um, and I think Dean Smith, a lot of fans, you know, when I was reading about it said that he felt it's almost kind of in a Roger sense where he got them as far as he could take them. And at this point you just needed to change. Uh, and I, I do think he'll see some success. I think his big test will be a summer transfer window, um, watching other teams improve. How does he improve Villa? What changes does he make? Is there any big players he switches out? Um, but it, 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 it'll be interesting. I know I, I don't have as big of a tie to Gerard as a lot of Liverpool fans since I kind of never got to see his glory years. Um, you know, I, obviously I am. You got to see his glory years. He slipped. <laughs> That was uh, that was one of the moments. <laughs> um, you know, I, I and, and as a Liverpool fan, I, I am concerned about Klopp leaving because I do know he wants to take a break. I don't think there's going to be anything that changes that. And so it will be interesting to see. I would love it if it works out because he had success at Rangers. Clearly, he, he I think, knows how to coach. Um, so, I don't know. It, it, it's exciting. I'm I'm glad. I think Villa is a great place for him to go to. So, I... I I didn't get to see too much of that game because at the 10 a.m. games, I think I focused more on. Uh, there was a game. You're watching was United, watching right? 
Yes. Yep. I was watching United. So yeah, I, was I was watching. In, I I was watching Villa actually. I, I um, Villa it was. Right. I was watching United and also the West Ham games were the ones that I were. I was focusing on, but obviously, my Twitter being filled with Liverpool fans, they were watching a lot of the Villa game. Um, so I don't know. It, it it's good. It it's good to see them win, and hopefully they have success. Except when they play Liverpool. That's all I. <laughs> that's all I care about. <laughs> Logan, uh, any thoughts on you know your seagulls here uh, losing to new man in charge? Yeah, it's tough. They've gone through a really tough spell. Um, they have had to play Liverpool and Man City, so it hasn't been the easiest of draws. But five points from the last twenty-one uh, in that period. It's been a year since they've really had a stretch like this. Um, if you look back to last year, this is kind of that point where Malpay again started to really struggle, and now he's starting to struggle again. He's got four goals and he needs to be the lead man, but it seems to be the constant issue with Brighton. I know their Twitter and their Facebook page that I follow, they're always lively about needing a striker that can actually play well. Uh, It's bad when Danny Welbeck is your best striker because he's oftentimes injured now and he just doesn't play as many matches anymore just because as he's aged, it hasn't gone smoothly for him, um, some inconsistency in playing time. But I think that, you know, when you look at this team, they've got good pieces. They've got one of the better defenses um, in the league, when you look at talent, I think uh, they've got to rely on that kind of like that back five, sometimes three in the back uh, system that they played. Um, Lamptey's been back for the last five matches, but again, that hasn't gone as well. Um, and he was a spark plug last year. So I, I don't know. They've got to find some scoring, and I don't know if they're going to find it with the current roster that they have. They had Trossard, who doesn't play um, a false nine, playing the false nine. Um, so he's out of position and not creating. And once that falls apart, there's nothing in the middle that's going to create for them. I will say, uh, you know, the XG, uh, you know, went to Villa with 0.53 to Brighton's 0.52. So it was close in the XG. Nine shots for Villa, six shots for Brighton. Brighton, 63% possession to 37 for Villa. So Brighton had some chances. They actually even had better passing percentage and all that kind of stuff. But where it counts, you know, scoring goals, uh, they just couldn't get it over the line. We had Burnley three... Crystal Palace 3, and then at the same time, we had another 3-3 game as well. But we had Benteke scoring early for Palace, then Ben Mee scoring 11 minutes later, then Chris Wood taking the lead for Burnley, then Benteke equalizing again, and then Mark uh, Guihai, is that right? I don't know. Guihai? He's a a Chelsea Academy guy. That's all. That's all I know. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think it's Gui. Gui. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably how the British. That's probably how the British say it, and they're probably yeah, I'm gonna wrong. say Gui. Um, and then Maxwell Cornet scoring in the 49th minute to make it three three. So a lot of goals in the first 49 minutes, and then just nothing uh, the rest of the way. But uh, this game finished 60 40. Palace with 60 percent possession to Burnley's 40. Uh, the XG favored Crystal Palace, the shots favored Crystal Palace. So the fact that, you know, uh, Burnley were able to nab a point here, pretty big for Burnley as they are in 18th place. They are just uh, two points out of safety. Uh, also, we got to talk about Norwich has gone up to 19th and Newcastle is now sitting in 20th. So, um little bit of a change change there but any thoughts here on burnley crystal palace i know we 
you know, we said we weren't really watching that one as much as we were watching some of those other games going on. But uh, Palace are in 10th right now with 16 points. And like I said, Burnley in 18th place. So Palace should have won this game, but they're they're going to get the draw. Probably a little disappointing. Um, Logan, anything on this one? or Connor, Connor Gallagher had an assist. Um, we like the Connor, Connor Gallagher train. Um, but no, Christian Benteke played really well. Um, he's got moments where he plays extremely well, and then there's times where he fades off into the distance. Um, he had two goals. Uh, Pretty much how he's been his whole career when he was yeah. in, like Villa and stuff too, yeah. Yeah, and I know that Patrick Vieira has talked about like having – you know, I think that with these smaller clubs, there's times where just, you know, there's an imbalance in the team. I think that there's times where, you know, they're, they're missing a lot of those depth pieces that some of the bigger teams have. That's why they kind of fall off once teams start having guys get injured. And I know there's a slew of injuries that came back from the break. Um, and there's a lot of guys out of form and fitness uh, coming off the break. So I know Patrick Vieira talked about the fact that, you know, at times they're, they're, they seem to be lacking the depth that they need. Um, to really do well. Uh, and, and I think that it shows that he's not, you know, he's not coaching in MLS anymore, uh, wherever he's been in the last couple of years, but um, there's seriously a, a lack of depth and consistency amongst these teams. That's why they sit in that mid table and palace is no different. Palace is always going to be that 10 to 15, 10 to 14 mark. And I, I think that's where you're going to start to see them just kind of hover. Matt, any thoughts on uh, Burnley or palace? No, I mean, I, Palace, I know they, you know, drawing Burnley is probably not the greatest result, but I still, I enjoy the fact that Patrick Vieira has got them playing well. You know, I I felt like he was a a big first fired candidate when it came to um, preseasons and and everybody kind of making predictions. So to see, I think him and the Wolves uh, manager, I I don't know his name, um, were a lot of top first fired type of guys and they're both Lager, like, I think. Yeah. yeah, they're they're both got team their teams playing I think above expectations and hopefully they continue it. I, I definitely like watching when they have played the top teams, they they do attack now, which kind of makes it even more exciting to to one expect to play them and also to watch them play, you know, other teams. Um, which is just something they hadn't done for a while, which is kind of why I've enjoyed even watching the random game this season. Yeah, what's the first club that comes to your mind, Logan, when you hear the name Patrick Vieira? NYCFC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, people, most, people would say Man City probably usually, yeah. or Arsenal or Milan. You know, Man City was only there for a year. Was he on Man City? Yeah, for yeah, 2010 he was or 2011. Yeah. yeah, or he had like an academy. He, had the, he played well with the academy teams too. Um, he was he was known for his youth development, so City thought bringing him over to football in America would go well because he would just be able to develop some of the young players that they sent there too. It didn't work yep. out so well. And then he went to like Nice, oh, well. and it didn't really <laughs> yeah, go well it was, either. So yeah. it is good to see him, you know, doing doing a good job with Palace. I did um, wonder where he went after. I was I didn't know the gap between where he went from NYCFC because I knew he was somewhere, but I didn't know where he was. Nice, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, nice. <laughs> Newcastle United uh, are uh, they draw three three with Brentford. Pretty good result for Newcastle, I guess. With uh, you know with the way Brentford's been playing at points this season, but pretty bad for Brentford. They, they did kind of the same thing with Burnley, didn't they earlier in the season? Where they struggled against them. Newcastle. Um, 
No, Brentford. Oh. Um, yeah, they've really struggled against uh, – I'm pretty sure – Lower teams, I thought. Yeah. yeah, and now they've, you know, lost uh, – they lost four in a row, and then they drew this game here. But they had a very tough stretch. Uh, they had lost to Chelsea, lost to Leicester. Then they lost to Burnley. That's what I was mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, Brentford lost to Burnley on October 30th. Mm-hmm. And then they lost to Norwich. So these bottom teams are just – absolutely killing Burnley. They faced these three bottom teams back to back to back and got one point out of those three matches, which is not what you want to see. And, you know, Brentford's fallen down all the way to 14th place. Um, there are 13 points. Uh, they're only four clear right now of Burnley. Maybe a little bit of some worry there for the bees, but Newcastle really has to worry because they can't, they can't get anything going. Uh, and this one, they had to come back from behind, San Maximan scoring in the 75th minute. But, uh, you know, they had an early lead 10 minutes in. Then they gave up two goals, and they equalized it. Then they gave up an own goal, and then they had to then they had to equalize it. But, you know, with the, the money that's going to be going in this club, we're not going to see that anytime soon right now. They're not able to flip it on switch. Matt made the point earlier that uh, Eddie Howe, you know, couldn't even be – there, so we're, I guess we still don't really know how this team's going to turn out at a certain point. But looking at standings, they're you know six points bottom of the table, uh, you know five points short of being clear. I'm not sure they can do it. I think they're probably going down now. Uh, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, it. I'm 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 with you on that one. I know their schedule. I, I was trying to find it, but I couldn't. I can't get it to load. I got game. it right here with you. Um, you I it's it's tough, isn't it? I believe I remember. I, yes. I read something. It, it's their schedule up to the January transfer window is not favorable. Uh, they have, I think, two games where they face bottom-ish teams. Um, but you know, even a draw against Brentford, who are above them, I think you know, as a Newcastle fan, you look at that as I scored three goals and. Not only did I they not actually get scored a win, four too with the own goal, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you you look at that game and go, okay, uh, you know, a draw is a draw. And when you're in the bottom half of the table, you want to get all the points you can get. But now they drew a game where they, you know, they have all those goals scored, but at the end of the day, because of other results, they're now in last, and it's. They were close. If I think if Leeds had won, or if Leeds had won, I want to say they were going to be like seven points from safety. So because um, I think Leeds might be in seventeenth right now. Um, so it, it they are it's yeah. a, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous spot for them because at this point, even getting one point against bottom half teams is probably not good enough. So if they unless something crazy happens here toward the December timeframe, if they go into January at the bottom of the table, nine, 10, 11 points from safety, I don't, I, I feel like if you, if you're signing there, you kind of have to sign there expecting to be relegated. You have to mm-hmm. be okay with going to the championship. And I just don't think, you know, maybe their fans have some big ambitions in terms of maybe some like mid-level players they could get, but I don't even think a mid-level player would take that risk at this point. 
Yeah, they got a tough stretch because it's uh, they go to the Emirates uh, next, and that's uh, the twenty seventh, so this Saturday. And then they they host Norwich, they'll host Burnley, and then they have to go to King Power, go to Anfield, host City, host United, and then go to Everton. So that's their current stretch that's coming up. That's like those are huge <laughs> three point swings. If they yeah. lose to Burnley and Norwich, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be putting yourself six or seven at least yeah. <laughs> just to get. You know, it, it doesn't matter. 18th, 19th, 20th are all yeah. the same. Like, it doesn't, you know, it, if you want to be the best of the bad bunch, that's fine. But in the end, 17th is where it really matters. And, you know, I, I saw, I was, because I, like I said, I like to go on all the Reddits of, of all the teams just to see what fans are you're saying. Our, you're our field reporter. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the field. You're looking um, Well, it's, it's always interesting, especially for things like this. Like, I didn't, I would never have really gone on Newcastle's unless, you know, they have this guy out. <laughs> Uh, because they're just you know bottom half of the team, yeah. a, a table team. Like I don't go on Burnley's because I. So I you're not hanging out like, at Crystal Palace's uh, Reddit page. Nah, I okay. assume like yeah. Burnley's are like, hey, we we played American football again in our game and tried to <laughs> to tackle them. Um, but it, you know they made a point where it's you know the average 17th point total is like 38 mm-hmm. throughout the last five years. So you're 32 points away with. 20 something games remaining but they're only averaging about 0.5 points a game and that that barely you know they apparently are on a worse they the only team i don't think they've won a game yet and apparently the only team that has survived relegation since with this long of a streak before winning a game in the season was a derby county team that won their first game in like the 14th game of mm-hmm. the season so when you only have one other team that's done it in the situation you're in. You're not really statistically, you're not in a good spot. <laughs> it's just going to be interesting. Cause like, I, I, this could go one of two ways. Cause at least when city got all the money, they were, they were, they were down and coming up. It, this one's more of like, I'm sending you down, but you have this huge allowance to go spend like the, and like you said, Matt, like when we did the show, um, when we talked about Newcastle, we talked about the fact that it's not a guarantee that they come back up like right away. Like it, there, there could be a couple of years where they don't come back up right away. I mean, Maybe I don't have to see wonder, it, but I don't know. I mean, like in that situation, what happens with these owners? Are they going to yeah. want to keep doing this? Because I know they are, they're made of, they, they, are, yeah. they are literally made of money. So like, I'm certain they're not hitting big losses, but I think at mm-hmm. the same time, they bought them with the expectation of success. So what what does happen if you get relegated? Players don't exactly flock to you, even though you can offer them tons of money because they don't want to go to the championship. They want to be in the Premier League. So mm-hmm. then it, what happens if you know it's three years later from this point and Newcastle are still in the championship? Yeah, they tend to be toward the top, but they're not getting promoted. Are these owners going to be like, okay, like what do we do? Or do we want to keep doing this? Because it might not be fun for them. I mean, mm-hmm. I, obviously we don't know, but it, that would be probably like just a huge disaster in regards to just the team itself, mm-hmm. like the club. Like it, it could be that could be not the end, but maybe they become a Sunderland. You know, <laughs> it'd be a disaster. I think they'll be okay with you know however long they have to languish there because I, I do think when you look at how stupid rich these owners are Mm -hmm. specifically their owners, other owners, I think would have given up at some point, 
if they languish there. But with, I mean, this is like not even a probably a percentage point of their whole worth <laughs> that they're putting into this, which is which is stupid. Um, so th- that yeah. fact alone, I think they're like, okay, well, eventually they'll get up there, and eventually we'll be able to turn a profit, and then we can either sell it for more money because right then they would take a loss if they had to sell it. I think, and then, uh, you know, or they're thinking we become super good and we really get a lot of money. Yeah, it's a it, it'll be an interesting watch, especially if they do get relegated, because it's it. I guess to an extent, we don't know what an ownership would do in that situation. You know, if they had bought them, if they had been able to get them in the summer or bought them after relegation i think you would have an easier idea but you're in such a weird point where you're just a team with money that isn't good did they try this summer or was it last year it was last year yeah so they would have probably been able to do a lot better yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting i i personally i i just can't see them doing much in january and they're already a they're a bad team like it it wasn't Steve Bruce was the reason they were losing. They just aren't a good team. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Norwich beat Southampton 2-1. We had Shea Adams in the fourth minute, seventh minute, Pookie scoring to make it 1-1. Josh Sargent comes in in the 46th minute. A lot of Norwich fans said he played uh, pretty well. Uh, even the Twitter account for um, for Norwich was like, look at what this guy did today. Um, and then you had Grant Hanley scoring in the 79th minute, assisted by Billy Gilmore to give Norwich the lead. And to get them out of the bottom spot and into um, the next bottom spot. So pretty good for them, though. You know, that finally they're putting some goals you know balls in the back of the net they got seven now that's ridiculous they only have seven (laughs) they've given up 27 but in this one they only gave up one and that was they had two straight wins now that have put them from two points to eight points and that's what helped get them over newcastle right now so they're only three points from safety norwich might do it That'd be unfortunate for us all. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's I, uh, actually, you know what? It would be worse. It'd be worse for Burnley, Leeds, and Watford if that actually does happen. Because, like, I, I think those are teams that are realistically in reach. I don't know if Villa could can pull it out. Um, maybe Brentford, but I don't know. Like, there's some really bad teams in this bottom half. It's like a let's like you said. It, it's like Burnley and them all beat up on each other. Um, it'll be interesting to see see what happens with this. Um, and then we had Watford uh, in the game of the week for uh, for Matt here. Watford, oh, oh my god, that Manchester was a fun game United to watch. 4-1 at Vicarage Road. Uh, they even missed a penalty 11 minutes in. Two. Two, yeah. Twice, yeah, but it's it's less well, – did they miss two overall or just yeah, – No, it was a – The same taken, guy right? missed it. Yeah, yeah he missed it first. De Gea came off the line. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because they only have no, one no, no. down once on here, right? Or no, sorry, Basaka came in. He was the guy. No, the oh, that's what happened. So the I, I have this game in my memory. Um, Rashford or somebody. <laughs> the guy who scored the rebound for Watford was he clearly 
encroached. But VAR saw that Osaka also did, so I guess it like cancels it out. So then they got mm-hmm. to take it again. <laughs> uh, then we had Josh King in the 28th minute, Sar scoring in the 44th, then Van de Beek scoring in the 50th after coming on just four minutes prior. Then you have Harry Maguire getting two yellows in a span of seven minutes to get a red and off the pitch. And then you have Pedro and uh, uh, Dennis uh, scoring in the 90th minutes each to make it 4-1. When I did turn this one on after the other game was over, it's when I looked at the score on my phone or whatever, it said 2-1, and then I turned it on and it said 4-1. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was quick. I literally stepped away from my computer and missed the fourth goal. That's how quick the third and fourth happened. Yeah, it, it was, was it was literally it it might be you know, Liverpool dominated Manchester United, City dominated Manchester United, but I feel like those are expected. This was right on this was this was honestly like watching those two teams do the same it was watching Watford do exactly what those two teams did. And Watford mm-hmm. are not Liverpool or City. That's how it, it was almost shocking when you were watching it. You were sitting there going, you know, even before the penalty, Watford had chances and then they missed the penalty. And then after the penalty, they're the only team that had chances. It was just utter domination. And I think that's what was, it was just shocking. And you were just going, I clearly, you could tell at the end of this, this was going to be the end um, for Ole, well. but like it was there, it was just something about the game. And then Harry Maguire was just, him getting the red card was also just disastrous because it was stupid fouls. Him not being able to kick a ball, like he loses it, tackles the guy. It it was just it was bad. It, it was in regards to Watford, that is probably the greatest result they're gonna talk about all season. Like I don't think that game will be every fan's favorite game of the last probably like five years for that team. You know, even though they've been promoted. You know, it, it, it was crazy. I, it's it's even hard to describe it when you're watching it going, I can't believe United's just getting – it was destroyed in every facet of the game. It was it was shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, they said at – was it Saturday? I think they did the emergency meeting, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, like I think it was right after the game. It was during the Liverpool game. The announcers – 2 p.m., like, yeah. The announcers, even in the Liverpool game, were like, and this way it wasn't halftime. This was like in the middle of the game. They went, breaking news, like United are having an emergency meeting. Like this is literally in the middle of a, it was like right at the start of the game too. So like no goals have been scored. It's back and forth. Klopp and Arteta are yelling at each other. And like they still throw breaking news. United have an emergency meeting. It's like that, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, you know, they had an emergency meeting. They, they go ahead and bring in um, – it took hours. I, they were still, I think, seriously debating this. I don't know. I mean, it was like five hours later that we actually got the notification saying he was fired. Like, I don't know if they were just, uh, like, per pairing stuff or if they were seriously like having a meeting like should we keep them or not like seems kind of crazy if they were still debating it it felt like he had so much protection 
And I get like club legends and so I mean I don't even think he's that much of a club legend for uh for Manchester United. But you know, former players sometimes get, you know, more um you know, some more room to work. But for me, at a certain point, it, it's over. And even when you see Bruno like coming over to say to the fans, like blame us and not uh, not him. It just to me when players do that, I don't know what they actually think it's going to do because like they weren't playing well under him at all, really. And I I, I guess you know they want to be like, hey, it's our fault, like blame us, but. You know, probably he is a good guy, and they don't want to see him lose his job. But the players really cared that much about it. They would, I feel like, play better for him. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't um, – you know, when players do that, they're like, oh, we're not just playing well, like, blame us. It's like, what – why not just play better then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Logan, your thoughts on um, Ole out. Yeah, I was listening to Tim Howard made a really good point. He said Manchester United is waiting on their manager who's six months away, but the manager that is six months away might not want the job if uh, Manchester United cannot uh, contend for a Champions League uh, title because I think that's the way that they're headed. Um, and Tim Howard was in the belief that there's no way that Maurice uh, Pochettino would want to come over and manage um, this team because I, I think – when you look at different jobs and I, I don't know what's going to be the situation at city or Liverpool um, because I know that Klopp and Pep, they're always on the fence of like, Hey, you know, how much longer are they going to manage uh, those clubs? Are they going to take a break? Are they going to take a breather and do something else? Um, I, I think there's always questions in, in their mind. I think the Real Madrid job is always in flux now. Um, and, and there's so many big jobs out there that I think Pochettino in hell, he's at PSG. So I, I don't get why the interest would be there. I get that United's such a big club, but they're going to be you know, competing for maybe Europa, maybe not. Uh, and this is going to be a team that's going to struggle. And like you guys were talking about with, with Bruno pointing at the players, it seems like these scars are a lot more deep than we realize. I think that these scars are players not liking one another. I think it's, you know, a, a system where Matt has always talked about these, you know, these people just being out there and trying to piece the team together when this is just not a good team, unless you're running FIFA um, because they're just not cohesive as a group. They don't create as well for a group and their defense is awful. If you look at Harry Maguire, who's supposed to captain this team, that was, probably, <laughs> those are two of the worst mm -hmm. yellow cards that you could possibly get. The second one is embarrassing um, as a player uh, who, you know, it is supposed to anchor that back line. It was the, it was like he got frustrated that he had given the ball up in possession and the player had no chance. I think it was, uh, I forget who it was. I think it was, I want to say it was King or Saar or somebody got a hold of the ball um, and he just thought that he would just bring him down because there's no way that he can get to the goalkeeper. Um, so Harry just takes him down and it was late. It was uh, shocking. It was horribly um, thought out by the defense. And I, I, I don't know, it's just getting worse at United and, you know, Gary Neville, <laughs> I, I like city extra cause they were tweeting it, but Gary Neville club legend who will go to bat for United nine times out of 10. Um, he was just talking about Manchester city. You know, he's driving, he's driving into the stadium cause he was at the city game this weekend. And he was talking about the culture that Pep has, you know, I guess garnered there. And I think that the, the attention that the city has on city now, and, and it's starting to shift where city's the big brother and, it, and it's starting to look really bad because of how long United have owned that city. 
And Gary's just like, this is embarrassing for a club that's supposed to be the biggest club in England. It's one of the most embarrassing displays that he's seen. And, you know, he loves Ole and he's had, you know, that relation with Ole, the relationship with Ole for a long time. But Gary was uh, very angry <laughs> at the situation at night at United. So I don't know. Where do they go from here? Michael Carrick, the under or the caretaker takes over the team. And now they're waiting for a manager that might not exist. Yeah, I, I, I could see uh, Pochettino. If it depends on how he is enjoying France, in my opinion. Like I, I understand PSG is a, a big team, but he might not. He, there's like something in me that always feels like there's some managers that just don't like dealing with players of like Messi's stature, along with Mbappe and Neymar and Sergio Ramos. It, it sounds weird, but I feel like some. Like if he does go to United, I feel like it's going to be a he just doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be in that situation. He just doesn't like dealing with those like bigger players. Not in like a I don't want big players, but those guys are such huge names and they're all together. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like he could be the one that they go with, but it they really aren't. They're just they their purchases the last like three or four years have been so bad. Not because the players are are terrible players, but I don't think anyone would have bought Harry Maguire for eighty million or Juan Bissaka for fifty. I don't know. I think weren't other teams linked to Harry? I'm pretty sure I remember Chelsea or somebody being linked to Maguire. It felt like they. It's almost like United have tried to replicate what Liverpool and City and Chelsea have done. They're trying to purchase players on that same wavelength. They're trying to purchase their Van Dyke when they bought Harry Maguire. They're trying to purchase. Players like Kyle Walker when they get Juan Basaka, but these guys are just not up to that standard, you know. And you watch the games, and it's it's you know McTominay's not good; he's not good enough. You watch the fact that their attacking options—they thought they had tons of them—and at, at this point, the only one that seems to play consistently is Ronaldo. You know, Cavani's constantly. Yeah, he's hurt. not ninety minute player either. Ronaldo, yeah, and like getting to the point Cavani, of being you know a, a you forty-five, sixty-minute player. Martial's clearly <laughs> Martial's clearly out of favor because he he's dropped off a cliff. Rashford was hurt for most of the year and he still doesn't see appear to be fully healthy because he's been struggling every game he's played in. Greenwood hasn't taken the next step. You know, even Bruno, I, um, one of the Liverpool writers actually made a comment saying that this so the last two years United had I think like twenty two and eighteen penalties respectively. This season, they've only gotten one penalty the entire year. And it was the one Bruno, like, shot over the freaking moon when he at the end of that mm-hmm. uh, Villa game. And it's, it, it, it's funny because it's almost like you can see that United's success that they've had, you know, it, it, there's just a lot of hidden information. It's, like, it's almost like hidden stats that prove they should have had, this is more like what they should have been doing. You know, last year they kept coming back from behind in away games, but there were no fans. You know, you, you're not going to go on the road again and fall behind. Even against, like, Watford, it, it never felt like they had a chance to come back, even after they scored. You know, last year they probably would have gone down 2-0 and won 4-2. Like, they would have just had some crazy four goals in, like, a 10-minute span. Um, and it's just – it's not happening this year, and they're not getting penalties as much. And – it, it's like these little things that one. they 
yeah, it's like these little things that they were doing. You don't even hear Bruno's name really anymore. Like, have you heard? When was the last time you heard Bruno had a good game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he points and, really well, though. Like, unbelievable <laughs> form. Like it, it it's crazy. It, it there's so much that happened. It's almost like this bubble was gonna. This bubble was eventually gonna burst, and it it's almost bursting in the worst way possible, where everything is happening at the same time. Instead of maybe little leaks occurring over the course of the year, everything just exploded at this point. And now everything you had expected to eventually like average itself out is completely dropping. And it's, it's basic. They just, they don't even look like a mid table team. I was going to say, I, I also think maybe the fans thing is not just affecting not just affecting them on the road. I think it could be affecting them at home during some of these things. I feel like the pressure of being Manchester United at home with fans now that can boo you and can tell you that you're sucking when before they couldn't, I think is something Mm -hmm. that uh, could play a part in it. Though I'm looking at the record. They've won most of their games at home. Uh, They've had some losses at home that have been, you know, Liverpool, and Manchester City, two really good clubs, but you should have some sort of advantage at home still. They're getting blown out in those home games against Liverpool and, and City. And then we have, I just want to update here, Julian Lawrence uh, from ESPN FC saying that PSG have made contact with Zidane in case Pochettino goes to United. So we might get Zidane going to PSG and Pochettino going to Manchester United. I think that makes sense. I feel like he he feels more like a manager that knows how to handle those gigantic names. Like he, I don't know. To me, he just seems more. He's more on the wavelength of like Conte or, um, honestly, even like Ancelotti. Like those guys have done it before, and they mm-hmm. know how to handle. Maybe not even just the team, but also the expectations around the team. PSG is, I don't even feel like PSG, when it comes to winning the league title, like their fans probably just go like, yeah, like that's, that should be a given, you know, it's like, can he can handle those expectations probably better than Pochettino. They are, um, I feel like the, the, the French league, I think managers just get bored there. Yeah. You know, it's just expected so. to win. And when you don't, you just get a whole bunch of crap and you're like, you know what? I, I think I could just go somewhere else and do better. You know, <laughs> like I feel like Tuchel got a lot of crap there, and he's like a god at Chelsea. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I think, you know, if and I think when the job comes open for Pochettino, he's thinking, what? Okay, if I win a Champions League at PSG, cool, whatever. If I turn United around, I am a god. Like mm-hmm. he would be praised endlessly, and that's why everybody keeps yeah. taking this job. That's why. You know, I do think he would have taken that job even if they were out of the Champions League spots next season because you're, while you want to manage in the Champions League, the option, it's like almost like if the Yankees were terrible mm-hmm. and the Yankee job opens up, and you're like, who would take that? Somebody that's like, well, if I turn the Yankees around, I'm, I'm awesome. And like uh, the media in New York would love me. It's like that type of uh, ego, I think, at some point. Now, can anybody. Does anybody know the last time Manchester United won the league? 
Oh, God. Oh, wow. Was it the year Van Persie was there? Oh, I don't know if he was there or not, but it was 2008. 2012 to 2013. Wow. Yes, he was there. Van Persie was the um, top scorer for, for Manchester United. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's the last time they won it. And I think, what, Ferguson retired that year. And then since then, it's been awful. You know, they immediately <laughs> fall out of fall out of the top four the next year. They get into the top four the year after that. They fall back out of the top four. They get back into the top four. They're in the top four. Then they drop out of the top four. Then the last two years they've been in the top four. So it's been, you know, it's it's been that kind of up and down uh, career for United since they lost um alex ferguson before that they had won one two three four five six in ten years six in ten and now they haven't won it in almost 10 years as we're getting there and that is a disgrace for them and that's why i I couldn't believe that they stood by ole for so long because it got to a certain point where you have to make the move um, I know it's nobody, you know, they could have got Conte and I think maybe that team fits Conte better than, than Tottenham does. Honestly. Yeah. I think last year played a, a big role into it where you look at the results and mm-hmm. you see where you finished instead of just the underlying, just watching the game. Like you could watch the game and you would still watch it going. I can't believe they just won three, two, you know? And right. I don't think that's a, that's not a mark of a great team. A great team is one where, you know, they're not falling behind every single road game and then coming back. You know, you can you can do that, and that's probably fun maybe, I guess, for the fans to, you know, watch a team go 1-0 and then score three goals in the first 15 minutes of the second half, and they go, yeah, we're the comeback, you know, we're the comeback kings. Um, but that's just not a mark of a team that's going to be up there if if teams get their head straight. And, you know, Chelsea gets Tuchel, and they, they continue to improve. Liverpool get healthy-ish, you know. There's, I mean, they're still struggling with that, but they're, they're healthier than last year. Mm-hmm. And you're noticing what that does, and you're seeing other teams improve. West Ham have continued to play how they played last year. Arsenal have improved. And you add in fans and you add in certain things not happening like the penalties. You just, you know, they, they're probably, they're lucky that they have the amount of points they have because some of the games they played earlier on, they shouldn't have won. You know, they shouldn't have beat or they drew Southampton in a game where they probably should have lost. They beat wolves in a game. They probably should have lost. They're probably kind of lucky that they aren't, you know, and outside the top 10 at this point. Yeah, uh, let's move on for them because we'll be here all night, if not. Um, <laughs> lots to talk about there. Wolves beat West Ham 1-0 uh, with a 58-minute Raul Jimenez goal. Uh, West Ham losing. They're still in the top four. Top four. Yep, yeah, still in the top four. United's in eighth um, with 17 points. West Ham in fourth with 23. So right now... You know, United is six points behind a top four spot, three points behind a top five. So it's still doable for them if somebody gets in now, and I think that's why they ended up making the change. Um, 
and West Ham in fourth. And who did they play? I said um, it was Wolves, Wolves who are in sixth. So yeah, top half of the table battle there. Um, then we had City versus Everton. The no, we had Liverpool Arsenal. Sorry, Liverpool <laughs> beat Arsenal four nil. Mane, Jota, Salah, and uh, Minamino scoring as Arsenal had been on a good run, but whew, not uh, really not in the cards for them. The only thing I'll say about the game is when you look at the fact Third that Salah, Salah could be not only the golden boot winner, but also the assist winner. He's literally, he's top on both. He's, I think he's got like 18 contributions. And I think like second place is like nine right now. He's Ballon d'Or. Like he wins it. This I mean, year. he won't win this. No, he won't win this one that they just voted on. It's gonna mm. be. It's gonna be Messi. I meant coming. Yeah. yeah. Messi will still oh, get yeah. him when he's retired. That's not fair. It's if, gonna be Messi and Ronaldo for the rest of time. If can he win like, Ballon d'Or no. in MLS? I don't think he can. Can you? If if uh, <laughs> they will, they will, they will. Get <laughs> if Salah continues the way he's going and Liverpool can win like one trophy. Hope, preferably more of like a higher one, not like Carabao Cup. Whoa. If they do that. Hey, hey that's the City Cup. <laughs> that's our cup, man. <laughs> if they do that, then I would say he will win it next year. Yeah. Next year's. But yeah. I think the only way to beat – sometimes I feel like the only way to beat Messi to it is you have to like just be so great and also win like three trophies. He also needs to probably win an African – trophy for egypt and it's not going to <laughs> no i know it's just up. yeah because what Messi he's... won copa america this year right that's why he's gonna mm-hmm. win it yeah that's well, it. i was gonna say that's the hard part about it because egypt is not a good team they're not no bob bradley <laughs> used to coach them he got them so close to the uh to the world cup like people freak out about him leaving for afcon and it's like he's not gonna be there very long <laughs> right <laughs> To be more Mane now leaving anyway. Senegal's actually, yeah. I'll say, Senegal's pretty good. Um, and then Keita's also gone. Jesus, um, I don't think Guinea's that great though. So I think he'll probably be back relatively soon. But anyway, that's different. All right, World um, Cup stuff actually, because I know it's kind of in this. I don't know if it's in the same area, but I was. Uh, it's in Qatar and. That's where Formula One was this past Sunday, and the announcers saw like the stadiums and such, and they said that it looks it looks amazing. They said, "It's too bad so many people had to die to make those things." Um... Yeah, well, they didn't <laughs> say that on ESPN. <laughs> no, they weren't. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they had a lot of slave labor building those, and uh, a lot of them died. Yeah, them beating women. That's why Qatar should not be a host of a world cup but manchester city three everton nil talking about some oil money uh we had manchester city (laughs) (laughs) manchester city sterling uh was not sent on the next plane home he won uh, he scored a goal one nil in the 44th minute then rodri scoring in the 55th and bernardo silva scoring in the 86th make it three nil and everton just in shambles right now where they currently sit in the league is 11th. They're doing okay, I guess. But, you know, it, they really got screwed hard by that, like, 
Ancelotti is going to build a project and James Rodriguez is there. And then it's like, oh, Carlo left and now everybody's gone. <laughs> They're also injury ridden like crazy. Yeah. DCL still out. Damari mm-hmm. Gray got hurt. Yeah, he a, did. They just said he's out for like six weeks. Mm. But they, have, they haven't even won a game in their last five. They have four losses and a draw. Mm-hmm. They have Brentford yeah. coming up. So and Then they have Liverpool again. Um, after right. Brentford city are boring to watch. Like it's like Thanks. a boring, it, no, it's like a, it's no, but in like in a like dominant if, way, if you're, if you're, you're a city sleep. fan, if you're yeah. a city fan, it's a good boring. Cause you're like, okay, we're going to win this it's one three just, nothing. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's uh, like, you just like, wait, I just like sit there and I'm like, is this, is this, the, is this when they're going to score? Is this one of those? <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, had the, just... I had the game on and I'm like, I should really probably be doing something else because I just knew it was going to finish like, it's one of those games where you're like, okay, this one's going to finish 3-0. It won't feel like it should have finished 3-0, but it did. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like, it, it's 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 always interesting watching their games because you can tell so quickly. Like, it's almost when they do lose or have a game where something doesn't go right, it's like you can tell. Like, yeah, they're going to you're like, oh, I feel like this is going to be a draw. But, like, in their game against United, I was like, I feel like they're just practicing. Pep's like, hey, do you guys want to try this? <laughs> like, just try it for 15 minutes see if it works and then we'll try this and that's how this game felt too it was like i was like you guys can do whatever you want like why don't you score earlier yeah we might be without raheem sterling in january though he's he's supposedly approached the board uh to loan him out to barcelona because he started playing interesting what a weird place yeah that's what i thought (laughs) it's like barcelona um Barcelona is going to be doing a lot of loans right now because yeah. they are not um, they're they're not going to be able then, to afford much. Like, <laughs> I was going to say like I like there's that, and then they also are rumored to want uh, Tiago mm-hmm. on they, loan. They want Liverpool. Pulisic too on loan. They yeah. want and then, they want like all these people on loan, and Chelsea don't want to put them on loan because they want money. But also Pulisic is getting a little tired of the situation there. Apparently, is what uh, Fabrizio said. So I mean. Uh, I I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, they're being linked to everybody and their mother right now. Uh, when it comes, I don't get to how. Loans. I don't understand. I, oh, was, oh, maybe because of loans. But like, they're also um, they're apparently also have made a like a forty million bid to uh, Salzburg for their striker. I don't know how to say his last name. It's like Kareem Adiyami, who's like the next RB Salzburg striker to get. You know, he did really well in my Sunderland career. So he's, I think no, uh, I mean, he's I think up there. Like. Him. He's rumored to, he's rumored to, um, there's tons of rumors with him because he's German mm-hmm. too. So like he's rumored to go to, to Bayern, want him, Dortmund, want him to replace Holland, Liverpool, want him, Chelsea apparently want him. Like he's big up there and I'm kind of watching it going, how are in the world can Barcelona own? Like how, how can they afford this? They're like counterfeit money or something. I don't know. There, there's no way. Like. They've talked about how broke they are. I mean, I guess with Aguero off the books now, I don't, I don't know how that contract ends up being, but that takes some yeah, money. And they probably pay. No, that's what I assumed. No, no, they might year. have a health clause or something too. Yeah. Honestly, it was really I, quick. Santa Claus, a couple games. Yeah, Santa. Yeah, the Santa Claus is a much better clause. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, better than Tottenham win the game two one. Uh, Leeds score early, not really early, for, early 44th minute, but I mean, like they score first, uh, to make it one nil. Then Hoiberg and Regulon scoring 
11 minutes apart. Let me tell you, this second half from Tottenham was just mm-hmm. like they like I don't know what Conte said when they got in there. Uh, probably wasn't good stuff. I'm assuming they went out there. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? That's what I would do as a coach. I'd go in there just <laughs> win. He's a scary yeah, looking guy. Oh, yeah. They're all scared of him. Yeah, yeah. They're all scared of him because they said that his uh, fitness regiment, like his the way that he runs them in practice, is terrifying. Because they said that it's the worst fitness training that you'll ever experience as a player, and everybody knows that's what happens when Conte takes over. Mm. Have you seen yeah. the Regulon uh, interview after the game? No, he no. was like winded, and somebody like because he was talking about how bad it was of a week and stuff like that. And they go, "Well, no wonder the dude's so out of shape; he can't breathe after the game." <laughs> <laughs> it's like no wonder that it's awful for him; they're not in shape at all. And that's what they said about Kane too. They said that he just came back and wasn't in shape, and it hasn't been ready to play. And... Yeah, he's still struggling. Yeah, unless well, he plays like Andorra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? They they love to say CONCACAF as easy qualifying, but European qualifying is a joke at times. Honestly, is it always the same? Is it always the same teams you play? Like, I feel like England plays whatever San Marino is. I go, oh. They're, they're supposed to get drawn into groups, but it does feel like they play San Marino every four years. I'm like, <laughs> them and like Andorra, and I'm like, I, San Marino, I'm pretty certain, is the guy that QB'd the Dolphins in the 80s. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> That's his brother. That was his brother, Dan. Oh yeah, I'm like, I'm like some of these teams. It's like I don't know how you don't qualify. Like, there's no reason England being the main one because I always I never see them face anybody like good until they actually have to play. Oh a yeah. Cup game. Here's my question though. Like, uh, you guys have watched it maybe a lot, but this year is a weird year for World Cup. Like, what are they going to do in between these really long windows now? Like, they don't have another window. Like, technically, they don't play like a meaningful game. Because they've already qualified, like what? Do, they'll what do, do they a lot do? of friendlies. They'll do yeah, a lot. So they just of play friendlies. friendlies. Yeah. Because ours go through what mid of March, where we could still be competitive. Yes. You know, yep. and then what? It starts in November around this time next year. You know what? So. All I care about is that if England has qualified, if you take a Liverpool player, just don't play them. I'm tired of. I hope they do play them. I, I do hope no. they do. Every international break, man, it's like three players come back hurt. Yeah, Seems well, like it's just your team yeah, lately. It really is. I do wonder what they're doing over. What they, are they doing like, to your players? I'm not even. I don't know. Like the worst part is, is that it's like it happens. Like I don't know what happened with Henderson. He played like the full game against whatever tiny country they faced, and then he all of a sudden was hurt. Um, Mane actually had a collision, but he didn't have to play because Senegal had already qualified. Mm-hmm. And what was the coach actually sent him back and he was like, "We don't need him," um, which was actually really cool because usually. Like Guinea will play Nabi Keita three games in five days after he just came back from an injury, so he comes back still hurt. I don't know what happens in England though, because Liverpool have had a weird issue with with the England national team: Lalana, Sturridge, Joe Gomez, Henderson, Mil- uh, not Milner. I just always think he's there. Um, like every player that they've had, except for Trent. I believe since I've become a fan has at some point come back hurt from international duty with England. Hmm. So I think it's just an England thing. All right. uh, Next up we have (laughs) Arsenal versus Newcastle at seven 30 on Saturday. We have palace versus Villa at 10 o'clock Liverpool, Southampton at 10 o'clock Norwich wolves at 10 Brighton versus Leeds at 1230. Then on Sunday we have Brentford, 
versus Everton, Burnley versus Spurs, Leicester versus Watford, City versus West Ham, and then Chelsea versus United. If they could have just kept Ole for one more <laughs> week. Uh, and then we also have some Champions League games come up. We have uh, Dinamo Kiev versus Bayern Munich Tuesday, Villarreal versus Manchester United, Barcelona versus Benfica, Chelsea versus Juventus, Lille versus Salzburg, Malmo versus Zenit, Sevilla versus Wolfsburg, Young Boys versus Atalanta. Not really a fair fight there. Besiktas versus Ajax, Inter versus Shakhtar. Those are, these are games are on Wednesday. Atletico. Madrid versus Milan, uh, Club Bruges versus Leipzig, FC Sheriff versus Real Madrid, Liverpool versus Porto, City versus PSG, and Sporting versus Dortmund. And better not see Liverpool play a single important player. Yeah, Liverpool's already through. City is already through, I guess. Not really. No. I mean, they, if they beat PSG, I think they get. Through. Oh yeah, not mathematically, but no way. Club yeah. Bruges is overtaking you. Sorry, why not? Um, they're through. <laughs> you know that, that it's called Club Bruges, and it's all they they pronounce it where the, it's in Belgium. They call it uh, Club Brugge. Do they really? I have really? No idea. Yeah, it's called Club Brugge. Brugge. I was like, what? That's wild. And some 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 cast or commentary cast. I guess the two guys that were doing the game last time. I've never heard of either of them. They were saying, yeah, it's called, it's pronounced Brugge. So, hmm. the more you know, I guess. I Liverpool already are first. Like, they, I kind of want them to lose because then it might knock Atletico. <laughs> yeah, you're such an Atletico hater. Um, <laughs> I hate them. All my heart. Zenit and Chelsea face each other. No, sorry. I mean, Juve and Chelsea face each other. They're both top of their group, and Zenit is like six points behind Chelsea. So, I think those two are probably through. Uh, Group G is up in the air with Salzburg, Lille, Wolfsburg, and Sevilla at seven five five three points wise. Um, United, Villarreal, Atalanta, Young Boys are also seven seven five three in points. But other than that, almost everybody's through at this point with the four games, and we'll probably get even a lot more official confirmations uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. All right, well. Uh, anything else before we head out of here? Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, have a great rest of your holiday, and we'll catch you next time. Kane has stolen it to death! That's what he's there for! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.